Oh my goodness, we are back. This is Lizzie Jane. You're tuning into another episode of the XO Podcast, and we have such a huge guest coming on today to wrap up our second live series from Lost Lands Music Festival. We have the one and only Funk Case joining us. He has been in the scene since the mid-2000s. He is from UK, has really just collectively driven this movement behind dubstep period from day one and he started producing drum and bass in 2007 shortly after got into dubstep released his first release that was more dub driven in 2010 and ever since then he has made his way into the states pioneered his own label and clothing brand underneath the circus umbrella called DPMO and he is just known as the dubstep dad to so many. I've had Sweet Tooth on the podcast. I've had Verse on the podcast. I have had Level on the podcast and now we finally get the man who has given all of these up-and-coming producers really their first break and their first place to showcase their music. I am just so excited that I finally got to speak to James. Um, You know, he's such a wonderful, wholesome individual, and he really just wants to give good, heavy, banging music a home for everyone to hear. Do not forget, we've got some really funny bloopers from this episode um, that were actually recorded only on my Patreon at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. You have the ability to become a podcast producer, lessons, sample packs, vocal packs, and more. But without further ado, this is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into the EXO podcast. James. Hello. Hello. So you nice called me by my first name. I did. Very formal. Is that okay? It's whatever you want. It's your thing. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for coming on today. No problem. Um, I don't think I have to say who's on with me. We have the wonderful, Scream. lovely Scream, <laughs> aka Fun Case. Hello. Who's finally made it into the borders? Yes. Of the states. Yes. After long overdue. Yeah, COVID took a bit of fight uphill. It took a lot of effort to get here. Absolutely. Because we had this amber country shit going on. I can't even imagine. Well, and then yeah. now in addition to the visas, you have like the NIEs or whatever yes, the hell the they are. Yes, the exemption letters yet to get in so we don't have to quarantine. Yep. Yep. Beforehand, um, we were thinking of ways of doing it, but yeah, we NIE exists and it lasts for a year, so we do. Which is, which I've just heard from... Even on profit this weekend, yep. not making it through, and yep. he's got his visa, but the NIE was like delayed, and yep. I just can't even imagine the shit show that you all are going through. But you made it over, and you've been playing shows. I have, and they've been fucking wild. Yeah, has it felt good to be back? It feels amazing. This is what I do. Yes, entertaining is what I do. Yes, so it feels great. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was I was seeing you last night when we were on the disciple stage, and I yes. saw Versa, and I saw <laughs> Leveled, and and then I just called. Devin and I said it's time to talk to the father. Yeah. It's time to it's time to talk to dad. Puppy is here. Absolutely. Puppy <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So was your first show back in the states or did you play any in the UK? Uh no, nah, we don't you think we have dubstep shows in the UK? 
I mean, I think you have dubstep shows. We have in some, we have dubstep shows in the UK, but I don't play them. Okay. Let's okay. put it that way. Most there of them in London, it's mostly openers at the moment. If there's anything going on, I think like more of the old school guys are setting up their own nights, like mm -hmm. Hatcher and End Type and stuff. Apart from oh, that, nice. I'm trying to think. I mean, Doctor Flea played played in my fucking hometown while I was here. Oh. Do you know how many dubstep shows we've had in my hometown in the last ten years? Probably like, not like a lot. One. Yeah. So where exactly are you from? Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Anyone who knows soccer knows Bournemouth used to be a team that was in the Premier League. Okay. So that's the only reason we'd be known. Otherwise, it's a nice beach town. Oh, nice. Okay. You got the beach. You got just kind of relaxed, Flexing. relaxing yeah. vibes with the studio, Born the and house. Raised. Born and raised. And then do you have to take, like, in order to travel here, are you taking, like, a train? Are you taking... I have to take what we call a coach, which is also a bus if you're American. Uh, yes. We, which goes from literally from door to door to the airport. Okay. So I have to do around two hours travel to the airport every time, and then... The, the crap with the airport and fly here. It's a long ordeal. It's a long ordeal, yeah. But but you're everyone, here. I and hope how... everyone makes it worth it. Oh, absolutely. And how long are you here for? Uh, three weeks. I'm into my second week. Awesome. And then you have shows, I assume, this week coming yes. up? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. And then did Dr. P, is he able to get over here now? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, Sweet. we played, we played uh, together. Oh, okay. But he's, but he's already back in your hometown. Yeah, he was yeah, he was in the UK playing in my hometown. But I think he's coming over next week to play back to back with me. Awesome. That's right, isn't it? Sad? Yeah, my manager on the off screen, by the way. Yeah. There we go. Sad has all the answers. Yep. Um, you and Dr. P just released a very long awaited dub plate. Yeah, a little bit. Ten years. <laughs> a, a, a nice little decade. Ten okay, so it's ten, it's probably eleven years since we made the track, and it's ten years since people heard it. Okay. Wow. So yeah, it's been around longer than a decade. That's that's amazing. Kind and of ridiculous. Yeah. Arcade Fire out now. You but see? don't blame me. Blame Dr. P. Oh, he okay. He wouldn't let me finish it. Okay. He was Dr. P's got this thing in his head where if he doesn't like something, he really doesn't like it. So like if he had this doubt in his head that he thinks the track wasn't good, even though it was blowing up on YouTube, he's like, nah, I don't want to finish it. Every year for the last 10 years, I've been like, just give me the project file. I'll finish it. You don't have to do anything. We'll just put your name on it. And he's like, nah. And then literally spent two weeks with him in, a, in an Airbnb or whatever on tour with him. And just, it took three days and we he went home, found his old PC, had to buy a brand new uh, power thing for inside of his PC because that had died. His hard drive wasn't working, so he had to recover oh, no. it to get it to work. So he had to do this whole process. And then all the VSTs weren't working inside of the thing. so Because it's a decade old. Exactly. So yeah, it took a whole process, but we got there. So And then P. do you both work in Reason? Do you both work in no, no, Cubase? No, no, Cubase. Yeah, we're Cubase. Yeah, Cubase. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's so school. crazy speaking to... The old school producers, yeah. and so many of them are still in Cubase, still in Reason. Yeah, everyone's circus is Cubase. Cookie was Reason, but uh, me, Flux, and Dr. P have all been Cubase since the beginning. And Trolley Snatcher, too. Yeah. And the reason I mention him is because we've all been kind of friends for ages. And like Dr. P and Flux and Trolley Snatcher grew up in the same town together as best friends. Okay. So that's why we all use the same thing. So yeah. That's I, amazing. I started on Reason, so like 50 Calibre and everything was all on Reason. That's, yeah, I, I started in Reason because it was like this visual representation mm. of understanding how like patch waves work and how yeah. to root things properly. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, there, there, there is a little bit of a, a force to switch to that, that yeah. Ableton doll. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but I still definitely like Reason. And I had Pogman actually on my podcast mm. a little bit ago. Yeah. And, you know, he just spoke around the time that you guys all really like came up. Mm. 
and you guys were all on these DAWs that just still exist today, and and they're just almost like a foreign nature to somebody who's starting out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think all DAWs for someone starting out is foreign. Oh well, you absolutely. Know? It's like wow, there's so many knobs. Yeah. There's, what do I do so with all these knobs? There's so many things that you can do. Yeah, exactly. And you guys started in this time too, where like there weren't tutorials and yeah. there weren't there yeah. weren't all of these things for me to say, okay, if I want to make a 2018 virtual ride sounding track, I'm just gonna go on YouTube and find out how yeah. to make everything correctly yeah. and just do it. That didn't exist whatsoever. Whatsoever. We completely self-taught. We just pretty much just went, oh, I've learned how to do this thing with a snare. And Sean would go, oh, what's that? And we'd just be telling each other li these little things we'd done. But now you can just go, oh, hi, Valentin, virtual right? Oh, man, now I made the best snare in history. Thanks to this one-minute YouTube video. Yeah, thank I'm you very much. I'm now a big much. artist. You know, it's like, it's and very, very quick. It's now. so crazy. And, like, from your perspective, to see the evolution of this genre develop mm -hmm. has just probably been wild. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's weird to think that I've been in the game that long. I'm on my next year, I'll be my 13th year as Funcase. Oh my goodness. So like, yeah, it's kind of strange. It makes me feel very old. But seeing this scene like grow and change in the way it has, it's been very cool and fun. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's also like thanks to people like you that have like taken that foot forward and pioneered certain things such as your label. Yeah. And you were like part of Circus before yeah. you started your own label. Yes. And now you have this whole array of artists that yeah. fit in this like niche pocket mm -hmm. and it's pushing the scene forward. Yeah. For and sure. and at the time yeah. when everyone started Circus, were you guys just bouncing ideas back and forth off each other, like seeing what stuck? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean anything we did in Circus was just like we made this tune and they went, let's put it out. That was it. It was just, oh, I've done this. Okay, cool. Give it to us and we'll put it out. Go make more music. It wasn't like, I want to sound like this person and I want to do this and that. Mm -hmm. And this is the wave, so I want to sound like that. We literally made anything. And by the way, back in those days as well, because dubstep was so fresh, like anything you made was gold dust. Anything you made. If you listen to old clips of like 50 Caliber, there's holes. There's literally silent holes in it. Could you imagine having silent holes consistently through a track? People would be like, what is going on? They're like, what's going on? Is it stopping starting? So like, yeah, you could do anything and it, and it works back in them days. Obviously now it's a lot more formulated and there's a lot more sounds which doing better than others. But yeah, when Dovestep was fresh, dude, you literally, you could have vomited on a microphone and then put a distorter on it and put some like half-assed drums on it and everyone would go, wow, this is the biggest track I've ever heard. Absolutely. So, yeah. And for you to see it start really in your hometown and in and on your side of the world yep. and come over to the states mm -hmm. is absolutely wild yeah. and like what year did you see that progression and that huge jump to where you made the conclusion of hey if i'm doing bass music i need to be prevalent in the united states playing bass music that didn't for me that didn't happen until later than dr p and flux they were playing before me i think they played around late 2010 in america mm -hmm. me and cookie didn't come out till sort of mid to late 20 actually no september 2011 was the first show I played in the USA at Escape from Wonderland. Yes. So he threw me into the deep end. Yeah. Here's 10,000 people in a hangar. Here like, you go. After Have a guy fun. that was doing 200 people in a club for the last two years, mm -hmm. you know, so it kind of mind-blowing. But, like, Dr. Fee and Flux had been out for a while, so they kind of had an earlier sense of it. I didn't really get a sense of how the American market was until I'd played that show. And I was like, okay, America's a thing. There you go. <laughs> America is a thing. start catering for it, yeah. And, oh, my gosh, I can't even start to conceptualize 2010 festival versus 2021 <laughs> yeah. festival crowds yeah. and and it's like even yesterday you look at the main the main crowd and they're moving as a unit yeah. back and forth yeah. head banging back and forth mosh fits everywhere mm -hmm. and you've just seen this like 
influx of this is it and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing and it's so exciting because that's the future and it's everything that you guys like have worked for I guess Mm -hmm. in some sense but I couldn't imagine you all ever envisioning it being as big as it is. No, and also it's funny because if you watch old videos of like festivals, you don't you see people not headbanging. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. It's got to that point now where it's like, wow, they're just dancing. They're going for it. This is weird. Yes. They're not all wearing like death metal merch. They're wearing furry ED, EDC clothing. They're naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a thing much. These. I mean, it still is, obviously, but not as much as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Literally, no. the women were completely naked and the men were just wearing record label shirts. That's literally all it was. Absolutely. Well, we were talking about, I had Lee on yesterday, must I? Yeah. And talking about the comparison from metal, hardcore, deathcore, mm-hmm. to, you know, dubstep. Yeah. And did you ever start in the root of rock music? I did. Okay. I were did. Band, I, fan? Yeah, so I was in bands before Funk Case. Uh, I started playing drums at 14. I found a guitar on the street at 16 and started playing that one after fixing up. Okay. And then I was in bands from 16 up until pretty much Funk Case at that point. Uh, we nearly got big in a band. Uh, this massive headline band we supported in our hometown said we were so good, they literally wanted to bring us on tour. And then my drummer left to oh. be in a really almost to be in an, uh, an already famous band, and then we couldn't replace a drummer, and it kind of died out. Oh. And my dream was to be in a band and stuff like that. And then Fun Case happens. Like, all right, sweet, this will do. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, why not? I'll do that. Fuck it, why not? Yeah. That works. Well, it's so hard when you take four, five artists and you expect them to be on the same playing field at yeah. all times. Yeah. And everyone goes through life. They get married. They have children. They have X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Their parents are telling them to do all their this other stuff yeah. when you're, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah. And with EDM, where I come from a band as well, you know, it kind of rests on your shoulders at a certain point. Yeah. And, and it's dependent on you. Okay, like, I can sail. I can fail. And, and into the point where I need a team to support yeah. me, which is also very fucking important, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, you have this creative control that you don't necessarily have if you're in a band because it's like this this puzzle piece, and if one piece of the puzzle is missing, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But you also, but like, you know, like, I, I work well as a single entity because I have such strong... Uh, visions mm-hmm. and like not not opinions as such because I'm very open to uh, opinions but it's like you do butt heads a lot when there's five of you like when you're doing like a collab for instance you probably know sometimes you're like this is cool and they're like well I don't know and then you kind of have to like compromise and oh, balance yeah. it out but as five people two people say no three people say yes shit starts getting a bit a bit hot like it's not just, no one's like oh, alright cool we'll do that and then we do what you do next time it's literally like no I don't want to do that and then everyone gets a bit crazy and then how much time are you spending arguing back and forth figuring Most out what it, to yeah. do <laughs> and all of that all of the back end shit and yeah. then so I mean did you what turned you on to dubstep from metal from being in a band so I didn't like dubstep when I first made it I didn't either I, I thought it was genu- trash yeah I didn't like it I was a drummer bass producer for the longest time uh, and I was so when I was in bands I was messing around on Reason just because okay. my mum's then boyfriend was messing around on Reason making Jungle and drum and bass oh wow uh, okay. so I was like oh this looks fun I'll do it and I was also playing like music and music 2000 on the Playstation the old music creation games and I used to play those without realising how much I enjoyed it I used to play them as a hobby but mm-hmm. in my mind I was treating it as a game not as something that could maybe turn into something yes so uh, my idiocy obviously didn't realise that so I was making tracks all the, literally all the time on music and music 2000 then I messed on Reason, and while I was in a band, I was making like dark jungle drum and bass. And then it got to 2009, where I was kind of like three years deep into trying to make it into, uh, three, four years deep into trying to make it into drum and bass as DJ Dose. That was my old alias. And then uh, a friend hit me up and was like, have you heard of dubstep? And I was like, what? 
And then he sent me some tracks. I was like, yeah, these are cool, but eh. Like, it's too slow. I was yeah. a 175 guy at the time. Uh, I, used to, I even made tracks in 180. Like, that's how cool Wow, pumping. But, like, um, he asked me if I could make him some... He had a dubstep radio show, which had, like, like, hardly any viewers at the time. But he was starting to grow a bit out of, out of nowhere. I think it's because of the rise of dubstep. And I made him some dub plates, literally just for fun, even though I didn't like the genre. And they popped the fuck off. And I was like, wait, these are doing well. So I made So Vexed and sent it out to a guy called Chrissy Chris, who if people know old dubstep or don't DMB would know him. Uh, he was playing a festival which is on primetime radio in, in the UK on the biggest radio station, BBC Radio 1. And he introed with So Vexed and he rewound it four times on oh the radio. Oh my God. And I was like, is this a thing? Like, am I doing success? Like, is this what happened? <laughs> and then he played, like, Charlie Snatcher after that, and the whole set was popping off, but the crowd were going apeshit, like, properly apeshit. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, okay, wait, is this a thing? Like, can I do something with this? So I just made more stuff. And then after Sovex, I made 50 Caliber. And then it went from there. It and went on yeah. and on and on. Yeah. And then you met all the buddies, and yeah. that was it. That oh, was my it. goodness. Yeah. It's it's really crazy to see the whole dub plate culture and start to understand the history of it mm -hmm. because here, yes, it's a thing. No, it's not a real thing like it used to be or yeah. like it is overseas. Yeah. And, you know, I speak to Devin and it's and he says, I've just been trying to get my hands on this. I've been trying to get my hands on this. And, you know, that doesn't really happen amongst artists here is where people mm -hmm. just send out their IDs. They send out everybody to play everything. And there's something yeah. special with, like, holding on to a song. Yeah, yeah. And it builds hype and this momentum and this, like, wanting for that. Yeah. And it's really cool that a lot of the circus guys and just people overseas still carry that, like, to this day. Dubplate culture is kind of, like, dead at the moment in, in dubstep, and it has been for a very long time. Yeah. Because there's such short attention span when it comes to, like, music and dubstep where people will listen to something for a week and it's gone. Yeah. So, like, in that sense, everyone wants it to blow up in someone's set for it to be a big thing. So if you look at, like... The wonky song by Monks that became yeah. iconic because Excision played it, but it wouldn't become iconic because it's on Spotify. You know what I mean? Correct. So that edge is what everyone is craving. So they go, "Oh, play my shit!" And if everyone plays this one track, everyone eventually knows it, and it becomes a big track. Therefore, generates the numbers on Spotify. That's the issue with the scene right now. I'm trying to do that same sort of thing, but with tracks like, if you don't do dub plates, why would someone come and see you beyond what they know you for? If you have one track, okay, let's say like we got we got fucking Versa off camera here. Cinderblock. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Cinderblock that fucking forklift himself. Yeah. So he so I had himself. like I had Welcome Tune for the longest time, and it was pretty much only me playing it, and it was because it was like the biggest track in my set for a long time that I held onto it, and it made people like foam at the mouth. They needed that track. They was they were so obsessed with it. In the end, you got like Subtronics begging me for it, and like everyone going like, dude, I really need this track in my set, and I was holding onto it, holding onto it. And by the time that I'd played it in my set, because people knew that they could only come to me to, to hear it. Well, they come to you to hear it. Exactly. They, yeah. I was the only guy that it's had this it. demand. So that, that, that generates like a, almost like a tunnel vision thing for, for, uh, for people to go, I really need to hear this live, but Funkcase only has it, so I'll go see Funkcase. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's like, there's like a science to it. And then once that becomes big enough and well-known enough, then you go, hey, Subtronics, take this stuff, plate. And then he plays the shit out of it, and everyone goes, holy shit. Subtronics is playing this track, and then suddenly everyone's playing this track, and then it becomes a big thing. And I did exactly the same thing with Impending Doom. Yeah. You know, I did the same thing. I blew up. I played it at Los Angeles. People were like, what the hell is this track? Spent six months holding it down. Then I went, here you go. Here you go, Excision. Here you go, guys. And I was distributing it, and it made it a big track. And that's 
how you play the dub hate culture well. It doesn't exist anymore when you explain it like that. Yeah, it exactly. doesn't. Yeah. It, and it that, takes people like everyone, you to control it. Yeah, exactly. That. And that's the problem because every, everyone goes, I signed this track, please play it. I want everyone to play it right now. But everyone playing it doesn't create a, 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 a want for it because everyone has it. It's the strategic, like, long-term yeah, plan. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm literally giving away all my secrets right He's, now. This is the tell-all. This, this is the tell-all on Exo Podcast. The tell-all of Funkcase's secrets. I'm screwed now. What have I got? What, what do I have now? I don't know. I'm screwed. You I'm, still have DPMO? I'm going to Dubst. I'm going to DMB. Fuck it. Oh no! I honestly. Me and Roscoe are gone. I could see that. <laughs> that would be kind of fresh. I that mean, would... I've been doing DMB this whole time. I started in DMB. I've still loved DMB more than Dubstep. Well, that it just comes from overseas. Like that is yeah. the only reason why it's here. Yeah. And and from like your perspective, when it goes to DMB, I mean. It's like the age-old thing. We mean more D&B here, and then nobody fucking wants it, and nobody yeah. fucking moves to it. Mm-hmm. But do you see it growing from your perspective at all in last this country? Night, last night was an eye-opener because I watched... Downlink. Downlink, Roscoe, and Dieselboy play in a row on the D&B stage at Lost Lands. You, you throw this lineup uh, at Lost Lands, maybe Roscoe because he's a name, but like you throw that lineup at Lost Lands like four years ago, that shit is empty. Like You have like a few groups of people like here and there scattered. Roscoe was rammed. It was rammed on that stage. Absolutely rammed. And not only that, backstage, and I was a bit drunk at this time, but backstage, you had Sotronics, Boogie T, Mode Step, like literally everyone and all of their friends, the attire of the backstage was, you could not move. Yeah. Like I could literally physically not move. And we all had an amazing time going crazy to what Roscoe was playing. But it goes to show the growth. Like this whole like DMB 2021 thing, you can call it a gimmick, you can call it a joke, but there is now finally some growth. And I don't know if it's like, the more dubstepy sound style of the simple jump up that works, or if Wilkinson and Sub Focus could come to America and smash it because they make more musical styles. Yeah, you know, so they just did brownies. Sub Focus was just at brownies and lemonade. Oh, really? This yeah, past so week, which I know is crazy. Just before COVID, I know that um, uh, Culture Shock, uh, Dimension, and Sub Focus did a tour together, or is it 1991? One or two, but they all did a tour together, and I think it went kind of well. But I think that was just when everyone's thinking DMB was kind of okay. You know, mm. spent, I've spent. So many years. I literally, from the moment I played Escape up until maybe two years ago, well, as I said, two years ago, in my head, that's still, like, 2018. But, like, just before COVID, I was just pushing the shit out of uh, drum and bass in my sets. But it became a section where people used it as a break to smoke, you know? Yeah. And it was like, oh, dude, like, like, please. But you get these cool people that loved it. I think now we're at the stage where I feel like less people now would just consider that a break. Yes. And more something to look to, look forward to. So maybe maybe there's a growth in there. I hope so. And I see a ton of primarily 140, 150 artists yeah. starting to bring in that drum and bass towards the last 10 minutes of their yeah. set, which is huge, which yeah. is good for that progression. And, and it's cool to see someone from where it really kind of originated from see that growth over in the States. It's good to see, but I, I, want, I want a DMB to be known here for so long. But, yeah, well, well, I guess we'll see the next two years will be the telling motion. Will it be a fad? Oh, will, it, will it be the next movement on is what I'm thinking, you know? Will it be a year and a half of, whoa, this is insane, and then suddenly it's completely dead. Dies. Yeah. Yeah, because so we'll you, you've seen that happen with a lot of, like, niche subgenres as well. Yeah. We'll see. I guess time, time will tell. Yeah. I feel like what was really cool about COVID, besides the fact that it really wasn't cool, is that you did get a lot of artists breaking through, pushing boundaries, mm. like doing stuff that wouldn't necessarily be festival-ready, club-ready music. And now you're seeing that kind of music brought to these stages because they're doing the live streams. They're not getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. They're going to play whatever the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. And now that they're back here, they're 
finding that middle ground between the compromise and not letting that music go. And, you know, playing a lot of people that are on DPMO. You have a lot of, like, these underground guys. And when you decided to create the sub-label or sub-label under Circus, how did you kind of start approaching finding your guys? Because I know that Devin, he told me the whole story about how he met you, he met Dr. P, yeah. super fucking dope, yeah. and then he sent you the song with him and Level, The mm-hmm. Impending Doom, yeah. and then at that time, you were, like, finding a reason to put together this compilation. Yeah. And so, like, how did you get from I'm going to have a label to, like, you know, where it fucking is now? Okay. It's a staple. Yeah, okay, so the start of DFMO, I've wanted my own label, my own clothing label, all this sort of shit for the longest time. We started DFMO as a clothing label. In 2016, it was birth. 2017 is when we released the first one. Um, and then I've been talking to Circus for a long time about making a label because I was tra- I was giving them tracks they should have signed. And by the way, one of them was Jotaro, and they said no. So just saying, I was right. You know, like, that's kind of like, that was like, wow, whole, like, that's dude, like, crazy. why do you guys not listen to me? And like, I was pushing genetics, like, back in the day to Circus. That's why genetics had a Circus release, like, mm. with uh, Baseline Business and the Squid Attack remix and that sort of stuff. And I was trying to push these guys, and I kept pushing these guys to Circus, who ended up doing really well. There's so many names. I, I literally, like, have so many names that I gave to Circus that ended up doing really well that they could assign that I gave to them. And obviously the biggest one was Jotaro. They didn't do it. So like, I was, like, for the longest time, I was, I was trying to sort out a label, and I was talking to Circus about it, and they said yes, and then they said no, and then they were kind of like, I don't know, will it rival us, you know? Which is obvious. It's an obvious thing, because it's a business, you know? So it's, it's on them to say yes or no. But... Uh, it was like the last, well, I mean, when Devmo started, they kind of were like, I think you're ready. And it's because of the compilations. And the reason we did the compilations is because me as a big drummer bass fan, Andy C has a compilation called Nightlife. Mm-hmm. So, and because of that, I was like, do we have that in dubstep? We don't. So I was talking to my, uh, my manager, my other manager, Simon, who's an old school uh, drum and bass guy. And we were talking about the Andy C Nightlife thing and thing like, we could just be the Andy C Nightlife of, of dubstep, dubstep yeah. having compilations. So, I think, I think as far as I know, not including like the circus releases, like I think I was the first compilation. I don't know if that's right or not. As far I as I know. Circus doesn't do compilations. Circus did Circus 1, 2, and 3. Okay, okay. But those that were circus artists, my... essentially. Yeah. Okay, okay. So these were compilations, and never say that I've comp- done compilations, but I don't think it's been like an anyone goes kind of compilation thing. Correct. No, it's so, just their artists. Exactly. So I think Devmo is the first one to do that. And that's what we want it to be the Andy C nightlife of Dubstep. But then Where as you take soon people as we from did, all over. Exactly. Yeah. We literally go, if you have sick music, send me an email and let's put you on. That was all it was. And then uh, after Devmo 2, uh, I think Disciple started Roundtable compilations. Yep, yep. And then someone else started compilations, and now Sonic has a compilation. Well, it's this breakthrough where you can get these new artists, yeah. test them out, see but how people there's, respond. Dude, there's so many artists in, drum, in dubstep. Like, yeah. it's literally ridiculous how many good artists there are. Like, yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a shit show right now because labels want to sign all these artists, but you can't because you'd have 9 million artists. You don't have the artists. means to. Yeah, you'd yeah. have 9 million artists on every label and no one's going to get focused. So everyone's kind of free-floating right now. Showing their stuff off, so yeah. But I feel like Deep was the first compilation. I might be wrong. Someone might be going, "What the hell are you talking about? This label did it first or something." I don't know, but it wasn't to be the first. At least. I remember when the first one dropped, and it was all over. Yeah. It was like a big ordeal because yeah. there were so many songs that like you had been holding on to, yeah. as well as just songs that became like standard throwdowns in every set. Yeah, Perish song by Fizo, for instance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so many artists in their, like, early years, now you look at them five, five years later, you know, and they're just, like, huge. 
and they're developing and and they're growing these fan bases. Yeah. And I even use Cinderblock over there as a good example. Versa. Uh, Versa <laughs> as as a good example where you know I did the podcast at Forbidden Kingdom and he had the most interaction next to virtual ride and barely live. Yeah. And it's and it's crazy because it's like you're creating this community in which the music is really speaking for these guys yeah. and they're not having to play a lot of this bullshit back end game that yeah. a lot of us have to we, do. Exactly, yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. so it's it's and it's also like from your perspective where you've seen it go from a little bit more of predominantly music based to you know, obviously you have a brand. Like, we don't have to talk about that. Like, that yeah, is yeah. definitely there, and, yeah. and and the presentation is there. But more so than ever, there is a focus on social media and your relatability to everybody yeah. and X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that becomes really distracting when you're trying to focus on your craft yeah. and create good art. Yeah. You have to become, like, I, I talk about this, like, almost every year with Dr. P. And it's like, Dr. P, if you think about Dr. P, for instance, he's never had a brand, has he? He's been, like, the guy that he's makes himself. those tracks. Yeah, yeah. But he's not, like, you don't see him with specific clothing or you don't see him doing, like, a certain theme, you yes. know, like like Void has the dark theme. Dr. P's just been Dr. P with music. And it's, like, every year, it's, like, you have to be more and more of a, a whole complete package. You couldn't mm -hmm. just be, like, here's a release of a track and everyone goes, holy shit, this is insane, and it's done the work. You have to be, like, here's the release. Right, here's an Instagram story, Facebook story, Facebook post. You know, like, you have to do 800 Here's the visualizer, things. here's the YouTube graphic. Exactly, Let's yeah. do this, let's do this. Here's the whole rollout plan. Yeah, okay, so who are we going to get to do blog posts? Who are we going to get to do this? And it's like, you have to do a whole package for it to be noticed. And mm -hmm. it's like, everything's so much more uh, driven by how much you can brand yourself and how much you can get yourself in the limelight of social media rather than the, the track doing the talking, which is why I tried to change that through DFMO, through Dubflake. Which Coldplay you definitely do, obviously. Yeah, instance, and it works, yeah. though, too. It's yeah. not that... It's not like it doesn't work. It's not like you're fighting to like reinvent this wheel and it's not working. Yes. I it, it showed in literally numbers with Versa. Yeah. So so it's But every but every compilation that we've done, we've had essentially an anthem. For Paris yes. Song number one, everyone's still playing that now, four years later. Oh yeah. The second one was Impending Doom, that was Anthem. Uh, third one was Welcome Tune, Anthem. So like it's working. You do you get those tracks, you focus on them and you and you market them in the right way where social media does their own thing. It's the word of mouth thing, but with social media. So everyone's sharing that track themselves, going, what the fuck is this? Yeah. So therefore, you don't have to do the work. Obviously, you have to do the work, but not as much as you, you, you have to in, uh, you know, in these times. So if, you, if you're able to market these tracks in a certain way where people forced to post it themselves, then it's, it's, it's self-driving, essentially. It's you know, doing its own work. It's I doing its own branding. <laughs> I am Tesla. <laughs> Do you guys have Teslas overseas? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Not I, many. Not many. Not many. We've got, uh, we just, uh, deviating from Dovstep, we have, uh, we just started having um, smart motorways. So obviously highways here and called the motorways in England. Okay. Where they, they design the, the motorways in different ways so that the cars can self-drive themselves. Wow. So yeah, that's now a thing. That's forward thinking. Yeah, yeah scary. That's pretty fucking scary <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness you just hear yeah. those but it's like oh god this is so far from dubstep but the future of like ai is fucking crazy yeah. but i also in my mind it's not that far from dubstep because what happens when there's an ai that goes okay i can write a dubstep song it's I been can done do this. I can have do you seen that. it it's been done i haven't fucking seen it kill but the noise did it oh my god kill the noise programmed an ai Jake and he put it? in like a bunch of skrillex tracks and other stuff and it made a track it was kind of terrible but it's like it's like the beginning of what you but imagine that in 10 years. Exactly, it's yeah. It's 
terrifying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. And it's like, you'll never get that human emotion, but it's like what we do is very technical. Just it is what it is. If you think about like gorillas, for instance, like yeah. gorillas made music, but they 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 were cartoon faces. Like you knew who the singer was, but you don't know who the people behind the gorillas were. And that edge, it was almost like it was computer generated music at the same time, you know. And that's like there's a mystique in that, but there's also a, a non human element to that, which is a bit sucky. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't think AI would ever take over. It's not. Like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I agree. About, dude, we talk, about robots over, over. we talk about robots overpowering us. Like, what if they did it electronically? That would be insane. That's it's 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 <laughs> incredible. I don't know. This is turning real, Joe. Rogan this is now. real. Oh, it's turning real, Joe. Rogan. Really oh, I was drunk yesterday, and I somebody. Oh, it was with level. I was level. He's yeah. like, I just want to thank you for for having me come on. He's like, you're like the Joe Rogan of EDM. I'm yeah. like. That's gonna be my fucking Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be it. No, you're, but your, you're your own entity. It, it, yeah. There, we go. there we go. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> Joe Rogan came to Tampa, where I'm from, and he caught COVID. So that was nice. That's what you get for having to. What is that crap? Lies. Li, li, what is it? I don't know. That crap that the people that don't believe in vaccines think that they can. Oh, do. like anti-vaxxers. Is or... it like a lie? Oh, thing the or... fucking horse dealer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a long tunnel. We're getting back to dubstep. <laughs> We're getting back to dubstep Sorry, right Dr. now. Sorry, Dr. P. So, so, Dr. <laughs> P. Um, but it's super awesome that you guys just put out track. Very yeah. long awaited. Yeah, yeah. And do we have some more DPMO things coming up? Yeah, so we have DPMO 4 is now okay. being curated. That's not long in the finishing. I've got to finish a few bits, and we've, I'm still waiting for a few finals. But, yeah, it's uh, at the end stages now. So DPMO 4 is coming soon. And then obviously more DFMO releases. Absolutely. And, and it's, some good it's cool because we're back because predominantly I would like to say that that subgenre that you're focused on, it's supposed to be played in clubs. Yeah, for sure. You're, yeah. You know, exactly, they're yeah. festival bangers, club bangers, mosh fits, done, yeah. and we're back, exactly. which is really yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. And now you have this, I'm sure your sets are full of like this arsenal of IDs and yeah, this arsenal yeah. of things. It is literally, yeah. yeah. Just um, the entire ID fest. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, and and again, it's like you're just building and bringing all this new talent, mm. and especially in my position, and a lot of like your artists where we're up and comers, mm. there are just so many of us now. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And from like your perspective, what do you look for, music wise? I guess like development wise, are you just somebody who like if the tune's good, the tune's good. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. 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 If the track's good, I don't care if you, if you're brand new I don't care if you have a management there's like rumours going around that never say die only sign people that have management I don't know I, I think it's that's crazy bullshit, I think actually. that's bullshit I think no, it's complete think bullshit. bullshit I think it maybe it's been brought up by sour kids who never got signed by never say die but, yeah but like there's a lot of sour kids out there yeah there's a few <laughs> yeah. but, when I, but when they talk, even when I mentioned that like it doesn't matter what you do like how many followers you have you could literally have no followers like if the track's good then let me put it out and that's like that's the point of these moments. That's so wish I wish I wish it was that way everywhere. Yeah, I mean, just it's just finding good artists, and that's what Defamo is being built on. Like you're finding all these brand new guys. I think Versa had like 34 followers on SoundCloud when I found him or something. So like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Just make good music. That's all I care about. And it is no, and I don't have any like, it must be headbanging like sustained quarter note once underneath. It's not. It's that's not the thing. That's just those those tracks have been banging. Yeah. It has to be cool tracks. There's a guy I've, uh, we released a single of uh, called Disgo. Okay. And he did a track called Space Booth. It's the weirdest thing you've ever heard. It's like Subtronic and, and Moody Good and Boogie T had a baby. Holy and it's very shit. fresh. That's and it's the same sick. thing with like Versa. It's like if Marauder and like the rhythm scene had a baby. Yeah. It's like you're getting these different new edges of these sounds that you love and it's bringing in this whole new sort of inspiration. So 
I just want a song cool music that's that's cool to listen to. You know? Absolutely. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. It's, I was yeah. just talking to. I just had Jessica on for oh, yeah. you. Oh god. Song. And and she's <laughs> wonderful, but she's talking about the same thing with her label, where yeah. it's like trying to have this old school versus new school hybrid pushing boundaries sound. Yeah. And you know, she also started on circus, which is super sick to mm-hmm. see. Just like so many artists thriving from that family yeah, yeah, sure. and and no it's it's cool because you're you're kind of fighting against the wave but it's working yeah and and at the end of the day it's like that's all that matters and that'll inspire other people to do exactly what you're doing down yeah, the line exactly um I meant to ask this at the beginning how the hell did you get your name oh because i didn't like dove stuff i wanted to make a joke name this is it yeah this is it, it was between this or did you like write it down on a piece of paper and no like, i was talking on aol together? to my friend who who i made oh, the AOL. The <laughs> for. yeah i was talking on aim to my friend who made who i made the other face for and i was like what do i do with my name dude like i don't want to attach dj dose to it because i was trying to be a serious drum and bass producer uh and he was like oh let's just make something up so i was like why don't i just do spoonerism name so i did funk case billy sastard so silly bastard and Hick Dead, which is Dickhead. But it was like, those are the three names. And I was like, oh, I just use Fun Case. And then I remember literally dying laughing for 10 minutes straight, seeing Fun Case written on a flyer. <laughs> like, just re- mo- the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, because it's like, Cunt Face is written on a flyer. When I first And for anyone, it, by the way, who's just realized this, Cunt, cunt Face is the, what the Fun Case is from. Oh, 50, 50% I was of people get it straight away, and some people don't get it until recently. Yeah, no, I was Switch that, that blonde yeah. that, that didn't get it. And then, I, and then I was like, holy shit. That fucking... Yeah, switch the F and the C. It's like that, but, switch it up, switch yeah. it up. It's right fucking there. Yeah. And then the mask. Uh, again, an accident. Didn't didn't plan it at all. My, my, my first ever set that I played in my hometown to six people, five of them being my own friends, Beautiful. in a tiny room on the worst sound system you've ever heard with two of the most broken CDJs you've ever seen. Uh, I was... So the day before I played that set, I was in uh, a festival, which is University Ball, I think they call it, wasn't it? And I was booked to do graffiti because I'm a graffiti artist as well. I was oh, booked to do sick. graffiti at the time, uh, but it was a dress-up festival, and I thought, fuck it, I'll dress up too. So I bought this, like, crappy suit, which the mask was came in, but it's an entire suit. Like, if you can imagine the mask, like how it used to look, that silver shiny thing. Yeah. I wore a whole suit of that spraying. But then I took what I thought was I took the whole thing out of my bag before playing that set. I left the mask in there, my friend... Sorry, as soon as I took the CDJs, uh, CD, the CD, sorry, I'm saying CDJs. As soon as I took the CD, like, bag out of the bag, he saw it and went, ah, oh, wear that. And he managed to convince me to wear it. And thanks, Blake. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Blake. Appreciate it. Thanks, Blake. Yeah. Appreciate it. But, wow. you know, it's it's essentially free branding, you know, mm-hmm. something to focus on. Oh, absolutely. So. It's just, like, a happy accident. And it's like Funk Case. Like, you can Google Funk Case and you won't get, like, a band or something else you just like you know if you were to type it in the internet you find what you find oh so i've got a unique name which is great honestly oh and and especially now with there just being so many i think that's really important to have a name that you can actually find yeah exactly because it's really hard and you can get things really misconstrued yeah and and all of the different spellings back to you being a graffiti artist is that why all of your art is more graffiti does even my logo i designed myself with a sharpie on an a4 for your saver that's it that's awesome. Yeah, but yeah, graffiti. All the graffiti. Do you still stuff. do it? Do you still? No, 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 no. Oh no, no, I quit. As soon as Funkay started doing well, I quit. Like I used to okay. do all the illegal trains and shit like that. And wow. Like yeah, it was pretty bad. Lucky never got caught. Otherwise, I'd never really got a visa to come to America. Yeah. But yeah, I was doing all that crazy graffiti stuff. I was really into it. Make the track "Make Our Day," mm-hmm. the old old track, and "Mod," which is the very first one. But ignore that track. It sucks. Uh, "Make Our Day." The intro with us talking about spraying a shop is me and my friend who uh, invented the graffiti crew that I was in. Which was wow. called Mod Make Our Day. So that track is based on my on my uh, on my graffiti crew. 
Wow. So that's why there's like a can shake in there, which I recorded on this shitty ass mic. I literally sprayed the can in my own bedroom. Got my sheets a little bit like red, but <laughs> you know. But you yeah, it's, it's, it's the culture, man. It's the culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's super sick. That's like connecting the dots between the yeah. artwork and all of like. But I've definitely stopped doing that. I've definitely yeah. stopped doing it. The yeah. only thing I do now is I have an iPad and I do designs here and there. Yeah, which is which is cool. The, the technology is like crazy for drawing boards yeah. and iPads and stuff that you can just like create right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what I've noticed too is like a lot of people who just are creative in their own mindset. They create a lot of their own art. Yeah. And they do like a lot of their own shit, yeah, which much. is super dope. Yeah. Um, like the, like Doctor P did the artwork for uh, Arcade Fire. Really? He made the Arcade machine in Blender, and then Blender is sick. It's pretty good. I've never used it. I I use Unreal Engine. And then uh, if you look at the so for anyone who's not seen the artwork or has seen the arc even, uh, if you look at the the uh, the Arcade machine itself, all the graffiti on it is me. I did it on my iPad. He sent me like the skins for what he did on Blender, and there's loads of Easter eggs in there. Like, loads of shit to, to look out for on that. Really? So if you zoom into the artwork, you're like, oh, look at that, oh, look at that, oh, look at that. So, yeah, I've done loads and loads and loads of Easter eggs in there. So That's fucking sick. You can check it out. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Mm -hmm. Find the Easter eggs. Um, James, thank you very much for coming on. Been emotional. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's been an emotional ride. I'm so glad I could finally get you on here. Yeah. You're back in the stage. You're playing shows. Yeah. We're back. We're I've back. done enough raiding you on Twitch to be, to earn myself. Oh, game. my God. <laughs> I I remember, well, my like my boyfriend is a little bit out of this kind of industry, yeah. but he knows who you are. Right. And he goes, yo, Funkies just raided your stream. Do you know him? And I'm like, we've talked briefly. Yeah. And then I was just like this Twitch streamer trying to stream a fucking podcast in the middle of COVID mm -hmm. to six people and you would raid my streams. Yeah, I raided And then it. I would Every have 200 and, and yeah. it would be amazing. And yeah. then there's some people who came on my Twitch channel from there who have like come to shows and who yeah. have like, that's how, it works, that's yeah. how I met uh, Jacqueline Hyde and now we're like fucking chilling. They're go. here this weekend and yeah. I got to finally meet them. But no, I really appreciate you. That's how it and works. Yeah, thank you very much, and for paving the way for people like me and Forklift over there. <laughs> It'll be really good, so thank you for coming on the XO Podcast. No Live from Lost Lands, he'll be running around, fucking shit up. Not playing anything, don't don't expect anything. No one's expecting anything. No USBs. No I'm USBs. there to just be an idiot. Enjoy. Absolutely. See ya. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support the podcast. Don't forget to check out my Patreon. You get these episodes ad-free with bloopers, all this other shit on my Patreon as well, with the lessons, EXO Radio Guest Mix, and more. I would love to see you over there as part of our Patreon family at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. It is also linked in the bio for all of these. If you guys like these episodes and want me to do more of them make sure you are following me on spotify make sure you are subscribing to the youtube channel and that is really all i could ask for and more i appreciate all the listeners coming back i love how you guys fuck with the in-person podcast this is definitely the future of my podcast so thank you guys i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and i will see you fuckers next time